is going on, Roto-Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical on the It is 502 on the East Coast, 202 on the West Coast, 402 Tennessee time. Of course, every just have the flagship show here at Roto-Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And join me today, uh, batting first is one Stevie TPFL. You might know him such things as Star, the morning grind. Steve, he was also wearing a funny hat like eight minutes ago, but he's not wearing it on show, and I'm very disappointed by this. <laughs> Uh, I kind of, I kind of wore it on the show. I just, I, I wanted us to be able to talk about baseball, and not the hat, for thirty minutes. So, have you seen the slate tonight, though? I mean, really? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. There's like ten there teams stack. Like, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I'm just glad that I, I got a little tilt on Dean right before the the ten second countdown started. Um, you guys see how flustered Dean looks right now? Um, <laughs> too easy, Stevie. Too easy. It was. It was. I, I set him up perfect. I waited for Devin to give us the countdown and um, got to him a little bit there. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm fully rattled just yet, but I, I, I held back. I was like, you know what? Another time. We'll, 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 we'll settle that conversation for another time, I suppose. Stevie, we are going to play some baseball tonight. We did do the research. It's not. Look, it's not a pretty slate. I mean, we're going to play, right? But the slate is kind of gross, yes? Yeah, one of my guys, like one of my cheap guys is not in the lineup, so I got some adjusting to do, so I think you should introduce our uh, other person that we're doing. Who didn't, who didn't crack the lineup? I'm kind of like doing some refreshing right now. Aaron Althier um, for Philly. He was like 2,500 on FanDuel, and Herrera's not in the lineup, but Quinn's in the lineup today. Okay, all right. So I, didn't I guess say, he's I healthy seen... enough to play. What about uh, Segura? Um, I didn't actually not notice if he was in the lineup or not. Yeah, he's not in the lineup, but I don't think he was going to be in. Yeah, yeah, he's you not. You guys in the like remember Pepsi from such things as as hockey and uh, a show a, a couple days ago? What's up, Pepsi? How's uh how's things in your world? A couple days ago, it was yesterday, but it just seems like it's a long time ago when we did. <laughs> I try to block it out. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Pepsi? How's uh how are things up there in uh? America, speaking of hats, uh, America's, America's hat. How, how are things in Canada? Yeah, it's going all right. The weather's a little better. Still a little colder than it is in most U.S. states, obviously. But uh, weather's a little better. Double digits today and, and all the way through the rest of April, it looks like. So that's good. Uh, my Leafs lost last night. That's a little disappointing. But won some money in baseball. We did have a good show yesterday. Resulted in winning some money. So hopefully we can keep that rolling and, uh, and win some more money tonight for ourselves and the peeps out there. Yes, my peeps everywhere. And I think it's a great slate, actually. Yeah, I know you're saying it's ugly. The pitching is ugly. seems every time we have a show together, the pitching is atrocious. And it is again today. But there are so many places to go with bats and not a lot of opportunity cost at a pitcher. Kind of makes it a fun slate, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I think the bats are going to roll as far as this slate. And, you know, Stevie, we talked about the, the keys to the slate. One of the guys you wanted to focus on, one of the guys you wanted to feature, was an arm, and we had a conversation uh, pre-show about him, which is kind of fun, and didn't want to give away the goods. We want to keep it organic here, and then we want to keep it the fresh here on the show, so didn't want to give too much away as far as our conversation, but uh, who is your favorite pitcher amongst this trash tonight? Yeah, it's Chris Paddock. Um, you know, when we're just looking at it, I'm looking for elite talent, and Chris Paddock has elite talent. That's why, you know, we, we saw him take the jump from double A to, uh, like, majors, like, right out of the bat. And the thing that is like his his thing is and what why he's a top fifty prospect in baseball is he has one of the best changeups that we've seen in a long time. So a, a young guy like this that really hasn't struggled at any level he's pitched at, you know, he's struggled a little bit with walks here um, in his first three starts. But when you have an elite changeup and your fastball has good movement, like you're going to be a guy that's likely going to succeed in the majors. So. I'm just going to take the talent. Chris Paddock is a guy that, like, I, I just think that 
we don't have a ton of options today and I'm just going to kind of lock him in as my favorite pitcher and you know he's going to be on a lot of my lineups tonight hey do you know how the Padres acquired Chris Paddock by chance I don't I think they wasn't he drafted by them or he was with the Marlins right he, he was yeah, in part of the Marlins. If was a Marlins fan they would be very upset with the Marlins because uh they traded Chris Paddock for uh Fernando Rodney <laughs> good job Marlins uh yeah anything I, I just think if you have the quotas I have to hit like I gotta take one shot at the Marlins every single show you know honestly I'd sneak it in before uh I forget about it Here's the tricky thing about Paddock. Of course, we know he was a monster in preseason and spring training. And if you played the season-long drafts, he yeah, worked up a lot of guys' sports as well, too. Uh, can we say he's been lucky so far, Stevie? Yeah, can we say he's been lucky so far? Yes. But can we say that he's been unlucky this far? Yes. Like, I, I think – well, like, you, you can say he's been lucky because I know you're going to bring out, like, BABIP numbers and stuff like that. But this is a guy yeah. that's never struggled with walks, and he's been walking, guys. So – He's just getting accustomed to pitching at a different level. Like, I think the walks are going to start to come down. And when you have to have really good BABIP numbers, it's just like we see with ground ball pitchers all the time. Yeah, it's a super, super small sample. And, and also the other part is they're kind of babying him. You know, there's no need to push him at this point in the season. He's thrown, what, 79 pitches, 89 pitches, 88 pitches. He's not pitched to uh, 5.1 is the most he's went, uh, you know, five and a third last time out. I always thought that's weird. They say 5.1, and although it's technically 5.33333 feet, that's a, that's a conversation for another day, I suppose, as far as innings pitched. But like you said, and again, super small sample with Paddock, 14 innings, uh, has yet to get up a homer. His bat up is 194, which is that you know, speaks to how lucky he is, especially in that when you combine that with the hard hit contact, he's got the highest hard hit contact on the slate. It's not even close at 51.6%. Again, like that has to go down. Like you can't be in the majors pitching with that hard hit rate, basically. But uh, those two things suggest he's been lucky. One two nine ERA, the Sierra kind of spells it out at a three eight seven. And I say all that, Stevie, and I still think you got to roster Chris Paddock because the other alternatives are terrible. Yeah, if we had five, six, seven, eight pitchers on this slate that we could talk about, and Pepsi was talking about a pre-show, if we had. Oh, okay. So I thought that was my issue as far as my Wi-Fi here in the office because everybody here in the office and the Wi-Fi. Some aces on this slate. Oh, I... oh, am I freezing? I believe so, Steve. I think you're coming in and out. I'm not sure if you're hardwired it or not, but uh, let's try to see if we can get you situated and, and throw it off the Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi, jump in here. What's your thought as far as Chris Paddock tonight? Yeah, because of the lack of options, he could very well be the best pitcher on the uh, on the slate in fantasy draft on DK. Of course, you can make a case for Domingo Herman. Uh, for the Yankees, if you're playing on FanDuel, and I certainly like him, I think he's got strikeout potential there versus Kansas City win. Quality start up in the air, not going to go very deep, but certainly worth uh, worth playing there on FanDuel. But we talked about the walks with Paddock, and really, it's only one start. I mean, he was good against Arizona with only one walk, and good against uh, San Francisco with just one walk as well. It's just that game against St. Louis, where things got ahead of him there a little bit. But, um, you know, I think he'd be fine. I don't think there's a lot of Ks in that Cincinnati lineup. I know we're striking out a lot right now, but in general, not a K-happy lineup, but as far as the options go on the slate, if you're not playing on FanDuel, I think Paddock has the most upside. Is he the safest arm? I guess you can make a case for Tanner Rourke being a little safer, I would say, a little cheaper as well, uh, site-dependent there. But, um, yeah, I think Paddock's got the most upside for sure. Yeah, you, you're talking about, the, you know, for Herman for, uh, for, the, for the Yankees, that's a 635 game as far as the East Coast amongst the four sites, uh, Yahoo, uh, Fantasy Draft. Uh, DK and FanDuel, the only site that's including that game happens to fa be FanDuel, like you said. And 
The other sites, you know, are, are two pitcher sites like like Fantasy Draft, like DK. So we have five games, ten pitchers. You got to start twenty percent of these dudes, unless, of course, Pepsi. We talk about, uh, you know, Tampa is of course rolling out an opener once again in Hunter Wood, and we talked about it yesterday. We weren't exactly sure which, you know, which uh, long man would come in for Tampa. They didn't really make it clear, and it was kind of sketchy enough in the air. But uh, Yarbrough seems to be the guy most likely uh, that's going to relieve Wood, and he's got a great matchup and all that. And Yarbrough's like not this. He's a fine pitcher, you know, perfectly fine K rate, nothing spectacular about him. Like, if you told me I'm getting five innings out of your row, I'll pay up for him just because, you know, the matchup's great, the ballpark's great. Who knows how far he goes? Uh, any interest in a guy like Yarbrough or off the board, of course, there's a little bit of risk to it, but I'm talking about tournaments here. Yeah, I mean, if we knew we we're getting the numbers that we saw from Cheerios yesterday, five shutout innings and five Ks, and we could see that from Yarbrough again here tonight, um, I'd pay it. The problem is he might only go three innings, and he's not – not all that discounted in comparison to the other cheap arms we have here too. You know, I mean, he's more expensive than Rourke who could easily go six and be, and be fine tonight too. And although the matchup's obviously a lot better for, for Yarborough, I don't know if I want to go there for three innings. I wish I knew that they were giving him a longer leash. I mean, Tampa Bay is decimated by injuries to their pitching staff, their bullpen. You think there'd be a longer leash there for a guy to throw five or six innings in this position tonight, but they aren't telling us that. And it just seems like that's not what they're going to do. So I'm kind of on the fence right now, making five or six lineups here. Going to have exposure to multiple guys just because it's kind of ugly. Again, we want to pay up for bad. So Yarbrough is certainly in the mix, but he's definitely behind Paddock and Rourke for me. I'm not sure if Stevie's back with us. If you are, feel free to chime in and say hello. If he's not. Hello. Oh, what's up, Stevie? It should be fixed. I don't know why I was doing that, but. Welcome back. <laughs> um so yeah Yarbrough is a guy that I, I wrote up today in, in premium because we don't have a ton of options and if you're playing on DraftKings or fantasy draft like he's super risky because it could be Jalen Beeks too they need yeah. somebody for Friday um tomorrow so one of those guys is going to be the, the guy that throws today I guess the other one's going to throw tomorrow but I do think like they'll have a little bit longer leash because they're having to you know fill in for Blake Snell. Snell going to the to the DL or IL, whatever the hell we're calling it nowadays. But I do think Yarbrough is in play on DraftKings. Uh, like I said, I'm playing five teams tonight, and I'll probably have him on one, maybe two. What's an acceptable number from him as far as fantasy points? Like, if I told you you'd get, like, nine points out of him or 12, I don't know. what. Like, what's the number you're shooting for? I'm, I'm shooting for 15 because I think Rorick and Paddock both get at least 15 and that's who I'm kind of trying to replace. So um, I, I really want Yarbrough to throw like four clean innings. And I, I think he can do that even on like 50 pitches. So it's funny. I pulled up a, are you guys are aware of Derek Hardy's the bat? You guys are aware of this? Yes. Uh, he's, he's projecting Yarbrough to come in uh, and he actually has Yarbrough as his highest scoring pitcher on this slate. <laughs> which is wild. Uh, again, that, that's uh, under the assumption that he pitches, of course. Uh, he's got Roark and Paddock right there as well, too. Uh, and then there's Julio Rios. And the, nobody, nobody crosses the 16-point threshold for what it's worth. So, uh, Stevie, safe to say that Bats – well, Bats should rule the slate, correct? Bats rule the slate, for sure. Uh, you look at the slate there, you know, we have cores. We have five or six stacks outside of cores. That makes sense. So – on Fandle, I think you're playing one of Herman, Paddock, or uh, Rorick and, and just, you know, eating the chalk and getting different with bats. But on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, you're going to have to kind of mix in because we don't have um, Domingo Herman over there. 
Are we, we're expecting to see a bunch of righties against Roark, right? I think that's the, as far as it's hard for San Diego to get left-handed. Yeah, the only lefty bat that should be in the lineup is Hosmer. Yeah, so, you know, historically, uh, the splits here, well, I thought they were greater than that. I thought he was, <laughs> as far as the Ks, I thought it was a little bit more appealing. You know, he, he does a good job suppressing hard hit contact for what it's worth. Yeah, it's Roark. hard contact that he's basically used to shut down righties. What is it, under 30% every single season versus righties. Uh, that's what we've seen with Rorick so far. Not a big K guy, regardless of who's hitting. But, yeah, righties in general just don't hit him hard whatsoever. Let's see. I just went ahead and pulled up the old plate IQ uh, against righties and lefties in 2017-2018, basically the last two seasons, throwing out whatever the small sample size is from this year. Uh, yeah, and the K rate against righties is 20.8%, 19.9% versus lefties, so basically the same. He walks about half, uh, half as many righties. And uh, ground ball inducing 50% of the time against righties, which is pretty nice. And as far as the hard and soft, yeah, twenty six point nine percent hard hit rate versus righties. So, yeah, and it's you know it's a pretty positive ballpark as well too. Like nothing sexy about Roark Pepsi, but you know he should put up thirteen to seventeen fantasy points, which is fine. I mean that, that's what we're at here tonight. You know what I mean? Like you said, nothing sexy. The price is reasonable. The the heavy right handed batting lineup for San Diego probably helps us. It's a neutral ballpark. It's a decent ballpark to pitch in. And like I said, he's not going to pop the K's versus righties. They just don't hit him. You mentioned 26% this year, uh, like 29% on average, just not, not allowing any hard contact versus righties. And uh, I think he's fairly safe. Again, we're just looking to kind of survive here and let the bats do the work for us. And, and a quality start, all I need tonight. I'm perfectly happy if both my pitchers just roll a quality start with a handful of Ks. And, and Rourke's a guy that I think can get it done in that price range. Everybody else in that range scares me a little bit. Yeah, there's maybe some more upside there. But at the same time, I don't think that this is like going six innings. And that's what I'd like at Aurora. I think he can do it. So I love him as an SB2 tonight. We talked about the Paddock and Baby. That's the same deal with the Julio Arias. Uh, you know, this guy has a history of injuries. He's still super young. He's a part of their future. And the amount of pitches he's been able to throw, 87 last time out, 74, 77 the other two. And he's only starting because of all, all the injuries there in L.A. I think this just – I think you're talking about this might be his last start before he goes into the bullpen. Uh, Stevie, my issue with Urias is, well, first of all, Milwaukee's tough. The ballpark's tough. Uh, he's not going to go particularly long. Uh, and, like, the Ks aren't really jumping off the table either. So, you know, he just seems like, you know, he's, he's more of a name brand to me. I can't get excited about him. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at this lineup up and down, only two people since the start of last season have strikeout rates over 20% against lefties. Um, and, and Grandal and Agler are those two guys. Two big right-handed bats, um, high walk rates. It's just – it's not a good matchup for him. He gets a negative ballpark shift. There's just a lot of – like, I don't play pitchers against the Dodgers. I don't play pitchers against, you know, the Dodgers because they're just a solid offense, you know, up and down – or not the Dodgers. The, the Brewers, yeah. I don't play pitchers against the Dodgers either for what it's worth, but um, – <laughs> They're playing against each other tonight, which is, gonna yeah, which is probably tripped you up when – yeah, it did trip me up. It, you know, I was looking at Urias and he has a Dodgers hat on. So I wanted to talk about Dodgers. But yeah, when we look at it, there's not a lot of strikeouts in this uh, Brewers lineup and there's a lot of power. Um, it, it's just not a, a great spot for a young kid that throws a lot of fastballs. Yeah, that's kind of my, my thought process as well. Pepsi, I assume you're on the same page here, but I mean, there yeah. is talent there, but how, how deep could he possibly go is another question. Right. It's a great ballpark for hitting. It's not going to go deep. Um, he's priced up there quite a bit. Yes, he's done a great job shutting down righties as well as lefties so far this season. Uh, but Stevie's right. A lot of power, 
in that lineup. They don't strike out much. They're very patient as well, which means he likely isn't going to go six. He could end up with four and a third or something silly because Roberts is going to baby the heck out of him, which drives me nuts. So it's just not, it doesn't make any sense. There's little, very little upside in your eyes tonight, despite the fact that it's an ugly slate for pitching. Well, if you guys are watching us on the old YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, if you're asking questions in YouTube, our fabulous multitasking producer, D-Train, who uh, did really well in the uh, early slip. So congratulations to him. I think he finished third in one of the contests he was talking about. So uh, D-Train, he's rolling in the money these days. He's gonna, he's he, gonna listened, order... he listened to the podcast this morning. There you go. <laughs> he's going to order himself the, uh, the, the upper scale uh, hummus tonight. Uh, he's going to have himself a good night with the uh, dinner. But, um, yeah, yeah, he, he's going to grab your questions over there on YouTube and do his best to throw them in the Roto-Grinders chat. And, uh, you know, at the, end of the, at the end of the show, last 15 minutes or so, give or take, we'll knock out as many questions as possible. Of course, if you guys are on the Roto-Grinders chat already, uh, have your questions ready for that time as well. And we're going to do the premium share. We're going to share some premium soon enough after we go around the horn. But let's talk about the bats for a second, Pepsi. We keep saying it's a slate for sticks. Uh, oh, we've, it's a core slate. Who's your favorite core's bats? I mean, that's, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's Charlie Blackman. He's a beast at home versus right-handed pitching, especially on Fando where he's $3,600. That's just ridiculous. So leading off, I think he hits his first home run tonight uh, this season. I think he does it leading off as well. And, and Blackman's a guy I absolutely love. If you're going to get off of Blackman, certainly on, on, on fantasy draft or drafting, you can do that. Uh, Reese Hoskins is a guy that uh, I think is an upstud too. He's, he's got a great matchup here. Finland, not a guy we have to pick on necessarily, but, Austin's the kind of guy, lots of power, puts the ball in the air, got the platoon in his favor. He's on the road here. Absolutely love Hoskins as well tonight. So, Stevie, there's two games that clearly stand out, I suppose. The Coors game for sure. You're talking about all the positive sticks in that game in Milwaukee with the, the Dodgers versus the Brewers, which seems like a natural pivot away from Coors. Are you taking a stand on Coors? Or are you just going to say this is the Coors lineup, this is the non-Coors lineup? How are you handling Coors this evening? You know, I'm not likely going to stack too much tonight, like outside of like maybe some three and four mans. I think tonight's a, a good night to kind of spread it out. Um, I'm not fading cores by any means, but I do want to say like Freeman's not a bad pitcher. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that could yeah. go out and really limit the damage in this spot. But on the other side, you know, you want lefties um, against Zach Eflin. He's really good against righties. And like David Dahl, he's supposed to be back, right? Like, yeah, he's in the projected lineup right now. So yeah, I, I saw that earlier today. And, like, if Dahl's back, that helps this lineup tremendously. Blackman-Dahl combo at the top of the lineup will certainly help. They've been an absolute disaster so far this season. It feels like they haven't been holding a ton either. Uh, I pulled up the old stat cast data as far as Blackman. He's been a disaster. And it's like, well, is Blackman hitting the ball hard and getting unlucky? Well, uh, his exit velocity, let's go to 2017 off the bat, 86.9% last season, 87.2%. This season, small sample size, 83.5%. That's not very good. Uh, if you look at the ex-WOBA, a couple years back, 415, 368. This year, 250. Uh, again, a disastrous. That's terrible. That, that's future. But he should turn it around. Uh, do we care about that, Stevie? Is that something that's a concern? Or it's just small sample size and whatever. They're back at cores and go low. Yeah, I think they've only played like uh, six games at home. And yeah. they're just a tremendous home road splits team. Like, you know it's just not a team that's been great. And even in like the, the games they've played on the road, they haven't played in great ballparks. You know, they've played in Tampa. They played, I think in Miami, they played in San Francisco. So they've played in, in terrible ballparks. And like, you know, I I think that Blackman's going to be fine. Um, I I think that we're really going to put the numbers to the test tonight. 
because if there is something wrong, like obviously it's going to kind of show in this series at home against a lot of right-handed Philly pitchers. So, Stevie, you are a uh, you're a Rays fan, right? I believe you are. Oh, you're you're a Sox fan. Are you both? Hey, Dean. Yeah, Dean. I see that. Hat. I was going to say, Dean, um, I don't mind the Rays. I'm not like a Rays hater. I don't really hate any baseball team, but yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan. Well, you're in the vicinity of, right? You, I mean, I guess you, you'll go to Tampa Bay games. Or I go to, yeah, I go to a lot of Tampa games. They're only, it's only like an hour and 45 minutes away. How do we feel about the Rays? You know, as, I, I don't know if they're off the board, but they seem like the third or fourth option to me. Uh, we talked about them yesterday, by the way. We did the old screen share. We talked about the plate IQ scores, like five of the top 10 guys were jumping to the Rays and, yeah, there you go. The Rays, uh, you know, scoreboard, I suppose. They, they had themselves a good night. And again, they're facing a Baltimore team, bad bullpen. Andrew Castro, one of the weaker starters tonight. A guy gives up a fair bit of homers. And it's a terrible ballpark, obviously. But, you know, Meadows has been legit so far. Yanny Diaz, a guy who projection models had him for like five or six homers the entire season, is basically there. He's also like jacked. Pepsi, you've seen the Yanny Diaz photos, have you not? He's a beast. Yeah, he's an absolute beast. Brandon Lau's got plenty of pop, too. Uh, G-Man Choi is still cheap in certain spots. He's one of my favorite first baseman on the slate as well. Uh, I'm just kind of trying to figure, uh, getting away from Forrest, before we do the old position by position, Stevie, uh, do you have like an off-the-board team that you're looking at? I don't know if they're technically off the board, but I love Seattle tonight. Like, they're one of my favorite stacks on the entire slate. Chris Stratton stinks. Like, he's awful. He's I, I don't know how this guy is in the majors. I'm not even joking. Like, I'm being legitly serious. Like, he got helped a ton by pitching in San Francisco last year, but he has a higher walk rate than strikeout rate this season. His XFIP is pushing almost seven. Um, he doesn't miss bats whatsoever. And he's facing one of the hottest offenses in baseball. Like uh, the Seattle offense could just absolutely destroy him in this spot. Hanniger had the fish, right? He didn't play last game. He wasn't, it wasn't an injury. I think he was, he was just, yeah, he, was, he was sick. Yeah. All right, so we don't have a lineup just yet, but I assume he will be back. And you're right, Stratton. It's a positive ballpark for pitching as well as far as Anaheim, or I guess neutral at best or at worst, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but, of course, San Francisco, the best ballpark to pitch in, in all of baseball, so that's certainly protecting them to some degree. Uh, Pepsi, is there anything else you want to talk about, or shall we dump it in, uh, jump in and talk about our uh, position by position? Let's talk about the stacks here. I mean, I think the Mariners are off the board, so I think that's interesting. Stevie's got a good point there, and I wish there were more left-handed bats to take advantage of that oh, right-handed bullpen from from – Los Angeles, but it's not a great bullpen anyway. So I think Seattle is certainly a sneaky stack. Obviously, Coors is going to draw a lot of attention. We you talked a little about Tampa Bay, but the Dodgers, and I'm sure they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be under own by any means. But you know, you got four really good lefties in that lineup that are absolute studs. Turner returns, making a fifth bat. Davies throws a lot of fastballs, a lot of two seam sinkers. They all smash that great ballpark on the road. The Dodgers lefties are just as good as any stack to me tonight too. So. Uh, you know, I think that if you want to get off of Corey's, you can go there. But I think the Dodgers are just as popular, to be honest. I'll give one word of caution to the Dodgers lefties. And this is, of course, like game situation dependent. But uh, Josh Hader, uh, lefty to Jor, is in that yeah. pen there for Milwaukee. He's yeah. thrown 13 pitches in the last five days, uh, three days ago. And he's a guy that can go two or three innings if they need him. You know, if, if, it, if the situation calls for it. Just, I mean, like, I'm not, if the Dodgers are up 6 nothing in the fifth, he's not going to pitch, right? Uh, so yeah, but the other thing you gotta like talk about, like Hader is a beast, but like all these lefties can hit lefties. Muncie hits lefties, Bellinger hits lefties, Jock is terrible against lefties, Seeger hits lefties. Like Hader is not your typical lefty by any means, but like a lot of these lefties can hit lefties. So sure. and if you're getting the production <clears throat> out of your stack, are they really gonna bring in Hader if they're down runs? Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah, if you're just stacking them up to stack them up, I'm just 
I'm just, it's just sort of a thought process of a, of a potential uh, scenario is Milwaukee's up like four or three in the seventh and Hader comes over two or three innings and, you know, forget it. Um, I mean, if it's four or three in the seventh, your stack didn't go off anyway for one. And for two, even if he does come in, he's only going to go through them once. So if they end up with five at bats, they're still getting four against weaker arms, even if they all had to face Hader once. So, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. It's another arm you, you worry about, just like the Yankees with a lead late. You don't want to get in that bullpen. It's not good for DFS sticks. But I think if you're stacking up, the hope is that they get the Davies and get a lead, and you certainly won't see Hader in that case. Hey, speak to this one, Stevie, because you mentioned Peterson doesn't hit lefties particularly well. And even in games where he's banging out homers, he's getting pitch hit for versus lefties. Um, my, my concern here is, like, I, I, I hate paying top dollar for guys that, like, have a decent chance of getting pitch hit for. <laughs> Again, uh, Peterson can bang one out to start the game. It doesn't matter, right? All right, who cares? If you want to give him the hook in the seventh inning, whatever, double swap. Does that is that is there any sign of caution for you, or is that just me being overly paranoid? Because I just what's more tilting than you know your guy you're spending five k on getting the hook because a lefty comes in. Obviously, it's super concerning when you're playing Jock, but you're playing him because he has a 500 ISO, a massive fly ball rate, and a 60 percent hard hit rate against righties this season. Like the dude is just his average air distance is like 360, if I remember correctly, from this morning. Um, like he's just hitting everything hard and far. So like. You're playing Jock for the the three at-bats he's going to get against righties. Um, So, yeah, like, it's super concerning. Um, I think Pollock being in the lineup definitely helps with Jock potentially getting pinch hit for. They still have a couple righties they can pinch hit for. But when Pollock is out of the lineup, he's always a guy that can pinch hit for one of these lefties. But, um, you know, he's just – Jock is just crushing the ball right now. His uh, barrel percentage per at bat is uh, 16.3%. I just pulled up his uh, StatCast page. And I'm not sure if that's leading the league. That's probably on the, on the board, at least in the top 20 or so. Uh, like you said, he's been walloping the baseball for sure. Just by, by slight hesitation uh, in rostering. And, of course, if you're stacking, who cares? Just stack it up. Uh, all right, let's go around the horn. Uh, catcher, Pepsi, it's all yours. Have fun. Best part about fantasy draft is we don't have to play a catcher. Absolutely love that. I just want to get that out there first. I guess Fandle is the same position. But uh, for DK, JT Ramuto, he's the guy hitting the no-bout order, hitting in the uh, five spot. Yeah, right behind Hoskins. I mean, if you can have the salary to pay up for him, I like it. I also like the fact that most people won't pay up for him. So I like Ramuto a little more than most on DK tonight just because I feel like they're not going to spend the money there. You're going down a little bit. If Tony Walters gets the call and he's a catcher and Corey's pretty cheap. But I really like Mike Zanino. And this is a guy batting the six hole. He rarely bats that high in the order. We know Caster is hittable. We know that Baltimore bullpen is awful, even if they don't get the Caster. So if you're looking for a cheapie, I might recommend Zanino instead of Walters because I feel like Walters could be higher own. I feel like we can speak that one into existence because I keep playing Zanino saying, well, he's got the upside of banging one out. It hasn't happened just yet. But, like, this does seem like a positive spot to make it happen. Stevie, where are you at as far as catchers? I played Zanino in cash last night. He got like 13. Like, I'll take that out of a catcher all day long. But if you're paying up, I think JT Romuto, like Pepsi said, he's he's obviously an option. My catcher pool is really small tonight. It's it's going to be JT Romuto or Mike Zanino. Um, I'm looking at, like, playing four or five Rays in cash games on DraftKings right now because I think that this is just a spot they score five, six, seven, eight runs, and we can just kind of take that floor and not have to pay up for course. And we have that sharp side app lock of the night. Are you saying the lock of the night tonight is betting the Rays? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. You can try, though. Do you, have, do you have one? I was trying to give you one. Do you have one on hand as far as a. Uh, yeah, my, my lock of the night is Golden State minus eight and a half. 
they're okay. gonna fumble. They're gonna fumble the Clippers after losing the other night. I like that call, and it seems like a good call. Uh, Pepsi, do you happen to have one? Or are you gonna? You feel like it's gonna come up organically, organically throughout the show? Yeah, lock of the night. That's an interesting one here. Um, I don't have an NBA lock of the night for you, but uh, I can. <laughs> NHL lock the night here. I will say that the Jets keep rolling and beat the Blues in home ice tonight. There you go. I like it. Uh, Keystone said, no, first base. Jump the first there, Stevie. Yeah, like, if you want to pay up, obviously, it's Hoskins. You know, he's the clear-cut top option at first base tonight. But outside of that, like, Choi makes a lot of sense at first base. You know, we've been playing him quite a bit. Um, The other guy that I like that's cheap across the industry is Jesus Aguilar. He's facing a lefty. He's off to a really slow start this season. But he's a guy that has multi-home run upside, and I, I just I'm gonna keep firing at him in tournaments because I, I know it's coming. And Vogelbach, man, there's there's a lot of good first basements tonight, so you don't have to like love on one guy. Choi is probably gonna be really popular after how he's been doing and how good the Rays have been playing. But you know those guys, Vogelbach and a- Aguilar, are my like two tournament guys. If I'm not playing Hoskins or Choi. Love Vogelbach, all the girth they're facing. Uh, you know, Stratton, one of the worst pitchers in the slate. Uh, and we keep talking about how that Angels bullpen, last I know, they've, they've not yet to bring in a lefty. So uh, Vogelbach with the platoon advantage throughout the entire game, assuming he draws the start. Uh, and you're right, Aguiar is very cheap, but he's been scuffling so far. But we know this guy has, you know, you mentioned all the guys with the girth. He's got, he's kind of a broad dude as well. Uh, don't mind Aguiar either. I, I touched on uh, G-Man Choi as well. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid play. Pepsi, what do we leave you there at first base? Yeah, I'll add Max Muncy to the list of somebody that's got the big home run upside, even double down potential. And more so on Fandle, if you're not playing Choi or you're looking to get off of the popularity that Choi will likely have, uh, Justin Bohr, I know he's not doing a whole lot, but still a pretty good matchup versus that. Uh, is he still the king at this point? No, no. He's, I mean, he's like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'll go no, with that. Okay. Uh, one more, one more name. Mike Ford is in the lineup for the Yankees tonight. He's been salary on Fanduel. If you're playing over there, um, he's a guy that grades out really well um, in the minors. So him getting a start against Homer Bailey, batting seventh at two K, is interesting. You know, Pepsi was getting on me before the show for like missing things or not hearing him sometimes, and I told him to call me out on it. So feel free to call me. Did nobody say Reese Hoskins, or did I just miss that? You that was the it. first guy I mentioned. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. first guy. Well, well, I was reading the chat. I'm multitasking over here. I saw the chat says I, I apparently don't sound very well. The, the walls in this room, it's high ceilings. I was trying to adjust my mic on the fly. And my apologies if I don't sound uh, quite clear. And yes, the, the question in the chat about Justin Bohr still being in the top 30. Still is the, the interesting word. But that's uh, Bohr, uh, he's keeping up and he doesn't do those face Hernandez. I suppose you roll out there. I prefer G-Man Choi to Bohr. If you're picking yeah. one of those two, Stevie, who do you prefer? Choi. Uh, anybody else at first that's worth talking about, or shall we talk about the old keystone position? Let's do that. We're already a little bit behind on time. Pepsi, second base, what do you have for me? Uh, you know, interesting point with him, uh, with uh, Stevie going back to Mike Ford there. I wanted to talk a little Homer Bailey, and I forgot, so I'll do it real quick here. If you're on FanDuel and you're looking for all the bats, I don't hate Homer Bailey. Some of his numbers have come back. This was a, a, an elite pitcher at one point. There's a lot of strikeout in that lineup for the Yankees, so that's one pitcher I really don't mind if you want to punt a pitcher. And, uh, and roll with some bats. So Homer Bailey and Fan was an interesting play there. Uh, certainly risky, but has term and upside there. Uh, second base, Brendan Lowe, I guess, is the guy we're paying up for. It's kind of ugly at second base tonight. Not really love for value-wise. Hampson's interesting. Lestella keeps hitting even. And again, Kings are offering another guy we're afraid of whatsoever. So uh, probably that's the way I'm going to go in tiers. It's probably Lowe, Narlau, sorry, Hampson, and Lestella for me. Stevie? 
Yeah, I like Brandon Lowe as well. Um, I think he's a good option to pay up for. Um, Kingery is a second baseman on DraftKings. I think like he's the guy you're probably looking at in cash games and cores. Not extremely um, pop or expensive over there. But on, on FanDuel, Lowe is the guy that I'm looking at. Um, D. Gordon is another guy that I want to mention. He's batting towards the bottom of the order. So not a lot of people like to play him. But they are on the road. And I think he'll get his four at-bats still. So I, I think D. Gordon is actually in play because second base is really, really weak tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you too. But the same thing as far as the road team, the nine hole, the AL, I don't care about it because you're going you're you're to get your four at-bats basically no matter what. Depends when you get them. Uh, and if things are going well, you can get five. You're in the top two, top three, depending on. But I don't run away from the nine hole uh, on the road because you're, you know, very, very good chance he gets his four ABs. Uh, other options at second, you mentioned Kingery, Cesar Hernandez. <laughs> A cracker lineup for Philadelphia. Uh, there is no, uh, let's see, who was I looking for as far as the Philadelphia lineup? Segura. Segura not in the lineup for what it's worth. Uh, Enrique Hernandez starting against the righties. So I guess that kind of speaks to him most likely sticking around that game. Aaron Perez starting against the lefty. There's a chance he gets the hook. Who's not playing for Milwaukee that may come in? And Ustakis. There it is. Yeah, okay. I knew there was something. Somebody out there didn't make any sense. Just kind of be aware of that situation. Uh, but yeah, I'm on board with Lau as well. He's kind of expensive, sort of some sort of sticker shock. He's the guy I was paying, you know, 30% less last four last uh, last year. Uh, but uh, the power is legit. Cashner, of course, will give it up that bullpen as well too. Let's jump to third hot corner, Stevie. It's yours. Yeah, I like Yandy Diaz. You know, you talked about him a little while ago, but this is just a spot against Cashner. Cashner stinks. This guy. He's not striking out, and he's still hitting for power. Um, and the Babbitt suggests, like, he still has some positive regression coming. So, like, he's actually just – he's playing phenomenal. So, I really like him in this spot against Kashner. I like like Arenado. He's not my favorite play on this slate. I do like Blackman and Dahl more, the lefties in that game. And then Franco, you know, everybody hates to play the seven or eight guy, and now we're paying – like a massive price tag for Franco. So I think he's a guy, like if you're paying that much, I think a lot of people will play Arenado and he might be like one of the best like tournament plays on the slate at low ownership in course. I'm curious what the difference in ownership is between Franco and Arenado. Maybe we'll pull it up and check and see as far as our screen share, because uh, that might, would that, would that change things for you, Stevie? Would you make decisions based upon the ownership there? No, because I still think Arenado is going to probably double him in ownership, even if the ownership projections have it one way. He's a guy that's been scuffling out of the box, Arenado, but of course he got hot. He had like three days in a row, I think, where he banged out a homer. Uh, for sure, he knew it was going to come. Arenado, great track record. Uh, Pepsi, hot corner, what do you have for me? I'll add Scott Kingery to the mix. Obviously, we talked to him a little bit at second base. They're hitting the two hole. He's reasonably priced industry wide, so certainly Kingery's <laughs> starting to swing the bat, which is nice too. And uh, Justin Turner is a guy that we uh, – that. Uh, Stevie didn't really talk about there. I agree with everybody Stevie's on, by the way, and I'm not hitting on anybody that he didn't mention. But Turner back from the injury, batting the three-hole here. He's also reasonably priced industry-wide here in comparison to the other big boys in course. So I think he makes an interesting play as well. Shortstop Pepsi, that's your position, so take it over. Yeah, I guess this Trevor story, uh, not in love with the righties like Stevie mentioned. The same reason he doesn't love Arenado. We like them very much. We're not necessarily in love with them. Story's probably your best payup tonight for sure. He's got the biggest upside here. Uh, I don't know that you have to pay up for him. Corey Seager, again, batting the two-hole. Starting to get a little pricey, but uh, Seager might be even, you know, in just as good of an environment hitting two in that ballpark. And for value, Anderson Simmons is still pretty cheap. He's still batting clean up for the most part. And, again, we're not afraid of King Joffrey. Steven, you feeling all right over there? You're, you're powering through? Yeah, what do you mean? 
What was it? Did you not? Did you think you muted your mic? You coughed a couple of times. <laughs> no, no I didn't. Was that a cough? No. What was it? I, I coughed like it, it just came out of nowhere like um okay <laughs> i usually so i usually sit like with my left hand like right here next to like where my mic box is but um i was writing something and yeah i uh kinda, one thing about, about hit me. doing shows in the office i don't have a, a mute button on my mic or if i do i don't know where it is so uh, that's why you guys heard me coughing earlier in the show today so i apologize for that too you know, you're hearing me coughing, you're hearing me echo. Uh, maybe we'll lower the ceilings for you. I'm not really sure how we're going to make this work, but uh, hopefully it's not too terrible as far as the audio here in the room. Uh, let's jump to the outfield. Uh, that is all. Oh, real quick, Dean, just really yeah. quick. Like, we have projected ownership for Franco around 10% and Arenado around 26%. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I want shares of both. I really do. And it's interesting because <clears throat> two of the better pitchers are in that game, you know, so it's like it's course field, but there's pitchers are pretty good. So I, I don't feel like I have to stack it, but I certainly want shares of it as well. And that's just kind of a, one of the quandaries, one of the questions of this slate. Uh, third base, no, outfield. Stevie, take it. It's all yours. Yeah, like obviously at the top you have Blackman, um, you have Mike Trout. Those those are the two guys at the top. Um I really like David Dahl. I don't know what his ownership will be because he got activated from the DL or IL this morning. He is in the lineup. The lineup just came out. He's batting second. So I really like that one-two combo of Blackman and Dahl. I think it would be pretty popular. Don't get me wrong. But I do think, like, it's where I'm going to go in cash games. And then I love the the Rays outfielders and the Seattle outfielders. Like, those are really where I'm going to be targeting the most from. And, um, obviously we talked about the Dodgers too, but you know, really like my core lineups are going to be the Rockies, two outfielders, um, Seattle and Tampa. Pepsi, what are you leaving? Yeah, I mean, Bryce Harper might get a little overlooked because of the lefty lefty thing. And everybody's so expensive out there in cores that they might just skip Harper just because the matchup's not great, but we know Harper can mash anybody. So Harper's a guy you don't want to overlook tonight. I don't think if you're going to chorus that we talked about jock jams, uh, Peterson and Bellinger were the outfield eligible here. Both these guys can double dong as well. I agree with Stevie when he said Trout and Black are the top two plays. Fam and Meadows for Tampa Bay Love. And I'll throw, uh, I'll throw uh, Cal Calhoun in there as well as Tapia, I guess, in that game. Tapia down to six with Dole back, but still interesting. And uh, Calhoun still too cheap leading off for the Angels versus uh, Fernandez, or Hernandez. Sorry. Fabulous producer Simon brought me a cup of water, so now I'm, I'm double fisting it with two waters. Getting very frisky. <laughs> Soon uh, time for makeup. <laughs> the makeup, the makeup girl did not make it today, unfortunately. Hopefully, the blemishes aren't popping too much on the HD uh, <clears throat> on the HD webcam. Uh, we did want to do our our uh, our screen share. Let's do the premium screen share again. After that, we're gonna give a uh, the guys that we think are banging homers tonight. The kids call those dongs and uh, our stacks. We talked about them earlier. We'll kind of reiterate our favorite stacks of the night, and then we'll turn the show over to the people. Turn it over to chat. Turn it over to YouTube. If you guys watching us on YouTube, feel free to like, subscribe. If you're asking questions on YouTube, we will grab that question from chat. Uh, and then we'll do, you know, throw it in the RG uh, chat. If you guys are in the RG chat, ask it there. Uh, Pepsi, I, I would be remiss if I did not ask you about your copyright uh, Jack in the Bag. I need some water now. Jack in the Bag, who's going yard? Who's swiping the bag? I'm going to go Charlie Blackman tonight. I think he hits his first home run of the season, steals a second base. I think he has a big game here and wakes up the Rockies offense a little bit. So uh, Blackman, jack in a bag. There you go. Do you have one on the hand, Steve? Or that's, I mean, I don't, Pepsi, Pepsi doesn't even like anybody else even talking about it. It's kind of, it's <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, Don't put words in my mouth here. 
<laughs> I'll um I'll take Vogelbach to hit a home run tonight. And a bag? He's, he's gonna swipe a bag too. Vogelbach? Oh, I didn't hear that part. I was I was texting my wife. See, Jack of the bag, Stevie is the Jack is the home run. The bag is the stolen. Oh, bag. I got I got you now. Yeah. I got you. Uh, give me Tim Beckham. Vogelbach's gonna hit a jack and then have like a bag of chips. Is, I don't that qual- does that qualify, Pepsi? Is this your call? <laughs> no, I don't think Maybe. that works. Yeah, give me give me Tim let's, Beckham. Uh, Let's let's screen share the uh, the MLB weather page, Ross weather page. So I was trying to figure out what's a, what's a screen share today, and maybe you can jump around to a couple of things, kind of let you know what's going on as far as the tools we hear have here at RG. Of course, you guys are premium members; you get uh, you know all sorts of perks. This is just one or two week on the show or feature every single day. Uh, the consensus value rankings, the expert survey, cheeses million dollar musings, uh, lineup HQ premium, the plate IQ premium, the ownership projections, uh, umpire data. Uh, you get uh, crunch time, which is coming up after, which I believe is cheese is good. Yes, it's raw. Uh, cheese is good. And JSU, Roth will be there to talk about any sort of weather issues. And Stevie, you were talking about, I saw like one of our sort of community Slack things. You were saying how you use a Ross weather page, the MLB Weather Edge, pretty much every single day for your, uh, for your research. Now today, I don't know if anything really pops off the board, but I can just kind of show the people what it is. Uh, you can tell the people what, what it is as I kind of scroll through. Yeah, it's just so, you know, he built this model and I think the the thing that like it just helps you with the most is like putting all the information in one spot. So he's putting the information of like how we're looking for wind and how is the heat going to affect it and all that good stuff. And like we can go in and just kind of see it visually. Um, The weather page by itself is really a good tool for anybody that, you know, it's a free tool. But the weather edge, um, you know, it just puts it all visually like we know Coors is going to be one of the best spots to target tonight. It tells us that on the weather edge. We know that like the Angels, not one of the best ballparks. Well, the weather is not really affecting that tonight. But the thing that like kind of stands out to me is we really like the pitchers in the Padres game. And this weather really, you know, speaks to the volume of lowering home runs even more in a ballpark where we don't see a lot of home runs. So just kind of visually seeing stuff that we already like um you know it is nice so I, I think it's an excellent job by kevin roth and the team here that helped him build it um it, it's certainly something that if you're playing baseball every day um that i would certainly be using each and every day you with us dean of course more runs are expected in Coors field oh pepsi can you... oh what just happened Oh, all right. Not really sure what's happened there, but uh, yes. So you're saying, well, so Pepsi, how how do you like uh, Robot Dean? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why. Why is he going to the office from his house to sound and look like that? I, I know. I I think it's great. You know, we we um, we look at it, and Dean's just lagging, and um, you know, it's one of those things, right? It's just, do you um, do you like the weather? Have you used the weather? here or not i don't use it a ton i mean obviously i go there when i when i find it necessary obviously it's a great tool to use but for the most part as long as the weather looks like it's fairly decent i don't uh doesn't affect my decisions too much i will say this though that i asked Devin, aka the d train earlier if he could make this show possibly even better and i think he's done that by eliminating dean here yeah he just Did you he guys hear me by chance hey he made the show worse again. i heard that last thing <laughs> i heard you the whole time E2 birthday. Um, yeah, so um, I don't really know what's going on. That's the other tricky part is like, I guess we're sharing Wi-Fi with the entire office and I'm supposed to be hardwired uh, office. I'm supposed to be hardwired in and 
I'm having issues with my connections, but people don't care about this. They just want to ask their questions. They want to hear about the dongs and the stacks. Uh, as far as stacks tonight, Stevie, who are we stacking up? Yeah, you know, we've talked obviously enough about Coors Field. I don't think we need to talk about Coors Field, but I love Seattle and Tampa. They're my top two stacks on the slate outside of Coors. Um, I'm just going to absolutely load on those, load up on those two teams. Pepsi? Uh, other than Coors and the two he mentioned, I'll throw the Dodgers lefties in there. You know, we worry about pinch hit ability a little bit, but the damage is likely done by that point. So uh, starting to think the Dodgers might be more popular than I originally thought. I just figured with their prices and some other places to go, they wouldn't be, but uh, they might be quite popular now. But still, I'm going to play them. Who's banging one out? Who's going yard? Who's getting down tonight? Three different dudes, three different price uh, price points. Stevie, fire away. Um, at the top, give me David Dahl in his first game back. I'm going to you know go with that one. I'll leave Blackman to Pepsi. Um, and then Yandy Diaz, and my cheap home run today is Mike Zanino. Ah, I like it. Pepsi? I actually got Mike Trout at the top, not Blackman. I got Blackman for the jack in the bag, so I guess I think they're both going here. But I'll take Trout at the top here. Uh, in the mid-tier, Max Muncy, like those Dodgers lefties, and uh, G-Man Choi is my uh, value again. I like it. Uh, McCutcheon's going to bang one out. We didn't talk about him. He's going to go yard. That's happening. Didn't want to focus too much on cores, but I like McCutcheon. Uh, he's one of my favorite plays. You know, locked in for – I don't want to say locked in, but essentially locked in for five ABs and fours. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. And that leads to one of the first questions I see popping up here in chat. Uh, Brennan Lau or Kingery? It, this is Cash Pepsi. DK Cash, you got Lau or Kingery? I'm going Kingery. When in doubt, go with the batting cores on the road. That's where I'm at, too. I mean, I like both plays, but I think Kingery's probably the better play for uh, for Cash, although Lau is probably the better hitter, better matchup with the ballpark. I think Give if you're talking TPPs and you're doing multiple entries, you certainly go to uh, Lau. But I think if it's straight up in Cash, you got to go Kingery. Did we lose Dean again? I think Dean froze There's again. Steve. Pepsi. <laughs> Dude. All right. Um, let, Pepsi, I got one for you. Yarbrough or Rorick um, is okay. What do you think? Yarbrough and who, sorry? Uh, and Rorick. Rorick. Yeah, the the combo. Yeah, I'm not fine with that. Again, you're, you're trying to spin up some bats. I mean, the Dodgers are expensive. Of course, Field is expensive. Um, it's not a slate where you're even, even Tampa Bay, we like them, but their their prices are climbing. So I'm okay with that. If Yarbrough can go five clean innings, uh, Rorick's pretty safe. I mean, there's not a lot of upside there, but again, not a lot of opportunity cost today. And I think if it gets you the bats you want, so I'm, I'm perfectly fine. They're both pretty safe. I would say Stevie. Uh, well, outside of the risk of like just coming into the game, Yarbrough is pretty safe for sure. Like they, they did say like it could be Jalen Beeks too, but you know, Yarbrough has been a little on the sick side of things. So uh, if Yarbrough pitches, he, he's obviously one of the safer pitchers. So I like that combo as well, but you do need to like understand and accept the risk of playing Yarbrough because he is one of these long relief. We have no idea what's going on kind of things. Uh, Pepsi, the next question we got here is E5 Harper and Pollock against Bellinger, Blackman and Althea. Althea is not in the lineup. Um, I guess we could just replace that with another cheap guy. Maybe Quinn. Uh, which combo? Just throw Roman Quinn in there, I guess. Yeah, just say Quinn, Bellinger, Blackman against Pollock, Harper, and E5. That's good. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think the top ones, the GPP play, maybe did be a little different. But I, I got to go Bellinger, Blackman. I love Blackman tonight. like Bellinger and uh, the value play. Um, you know, I don't love Quinn, but he's still a bat in chorus field. I, I think they're both interesting. But I don't love the righty matchup for Pollock necessarily. And I think uh, Encarnacion is a little bit behind the rest of these hitters here. 
Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I like both these combos for tournaments for what it's worth. But if I was playing cash games, I'm going to get Blackman in there over Harper for cash today, just based off the matchup. Um, and, and I do like Bellinger more than I like um, Pollock. So I would definitely go with that second one there. Uh, do you think Arbro, Yarbro is too risky for a single entry tournament? Or do you think he's a guy that actually makes a lot of sense in a single entry tournament? Ooh, that's a good call. Again, if you think he can go five clean innings, I'm, I'm fine with that. If he gets you the, the bats you need to make it happen. I mean, it's risky for sure. But again, there's nobody that you're really missing out on. There's no Carrasco gem sitting out there like we saw last night, I don't think. So uh, Paddock perhaps has the biggest upside. But again, we don't know how deep he's going to go. Cincinnati, not a big K team. So yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's risky, but I'm fine with it. In a single entry, you might not have got a lot of people on Yarborough and spending up for bats. So I don't mind the idea of that. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. You know, you outside of just taking the risk of him coming into the game, like he's in a really good spot. Baltimore, they stink. They strike out a lot against left-handed pitching. They have one of the worst teams in baseball against lefties. So the matchup is phenomenal, even if he only gets like 60 pitches. Uh, do you like McCutcheon to go yard tonight? I mean, Dean does. Dean called McCutcheon to go yard. I will say that he has a multi-hit game and uh, even a multi-run game. But I'll say he does not go yard. So two hits, two runs, maybe it's a single or a double. Yeah, I like him for just pure fantasy points tonight. I don't know if he necessarily goes yard, but if you're playing him already to try to get multiple hits and good fantasy production, I think if he hits a home run, you're just getting, you know, bang, bonus for your bang, bang for your buck. Um, cash game locks. Give me, like, two guys that you think, like, you'll have in your cash lineup that you're just looking at it and, like, I know those two guys are going to be in for me. Yeah, Blackman for sure is the guy on Fandle. I mean, you can make a case for a lot of guys over on DK or Fantasy Draft, but on Fandle at $3,600, Blackman is an absolute lock that I want to get in there. Um, just trying to look at the laps now here over on uh, over on DK slash Fantasy Draft. I mean, you know, Dahl's in a pretty good spot as well. He's a little bit cheaper. I know you really like Dahl. And uh, we've got some value in McMahon and Tack. It's interesting too. So I like the lefties, the Rockies for his value. Roman Quinn, way too cheap at 3.3. So I guess outside of Blackman, on Fandle, I'd look for the value plays here over on DK and Fantasy Draft, and that would be McMahon, Tapia, Dahl, and Quinn. Yeah, I think the other guy I throw in there is Kingery. I think he's in a really good spot for his position yeah. for cash yeah. games, so hopefully that helps. Uh, Kingery or Beckham, Fandle, Cash. As much as I like Beckham tonight, I think it's a really good spot for him. I think Kingery's the cash game play, right? Of course. On the road in cores, you always got to give the edge to that guy. Uh, do you like this? Is a good one. Do you like Quinn or Tapia on Fanduel? The two cheap guys, the outfielders for the Coors game. Ooh, that's tough. I mean, straight up, I would take Tapia, but in this case, that I'm getting such a discount on Quinn, I'll take him. He's on the road here. Uh, he's got the splits in his favor. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give the edge to Quinn just because neither one of them are great hitters, and uh, and and spend that money, that nine hundred dollars an upgrade, I put it somewhere else. Yeah, I like both these guys. Um, I think it'd be Quinn for me as well. Um, it's slight though. They're, they're both kind of projected to do the same in my model today. So um, Dwight Smith Jr., any interest there? You know, he does have really solid splits against lefties. If we do think Yarbrough or Beeks is going to be the guy. Um, he's the one dude that I'm actually kind of worried about in the Baltimore lineup, but I don't know on this slate with so many bats, if we can actually like take the shot on him to perform in a lefty lefty matchup. And he's not as cheap as I'd like him. If he was sitting at 25 or 26 on FanDuel and 37 on DK, I'd be okay with that. But when you're, when he's a little pricey, 36 and 42, is he? Yeah. 
So, yeah, there's just too many other bats that I love in this situation. Sure, it might be okay, but if Yarbrough only goes three innings and he sees righties the rest of the game, it's not as appealing. So, it's just uh, it's an interesting play for sure if you're doing multiple entries, but uh, not something I'm keying in on today. Man, the show is just so much better without Dean. Like this, is, we're getting we're getting through the questions. Man, Chad must be loving this. Um, over under on two innings pitch for Wood. I would definitely go under. Absolutely. I mean, he's not. I mean, I'd be surprised if he goes more than two. Yeah, I don't think I remember him going more than two all of last season. I could be wrong. He might have had one or two, but it's for the most part, it's 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 under two innings for him. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer, any interest? I saw somebody say something about a jack in the bag for Kiermaier there. Um, it's possible. Uh, again, it's just, I guess it is JNB, jack in the bag, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, for me, again, he's hitting low in the order. He's the home team, so there's no guaranteed four bats. His price is too high with how hot he's been. He's just, he's just not a great stick. And on a night where we have a plethora of great sticks, I just, I'm going to pass on Kiermaier. Um, Any interest in the Angels stack today? I mean, it's interesting because you're trying to go off the board here. Felix can get beat up for sure. We know Trout's got multi-home upside. Trout owns Felix. You wonder how often they pitch to Trout. And then that really only leaves you with Calhoun is good and Bohr who is struggling. So, I mean, the upside is limited. Yes, if I'm doing 10-plus entries, I don't mind getting the Angels in there, especially if they're fairly cheap with Calhoun and Bohr. But in general, they're not a top-five stack for me, not even close. Yeah, like the guys that have upside are like Goodwin, um, and his price is kind of expensive right now. And, you know, Trout obviously has a ton of upside here against Felix Hernandez. I really think I could hit off of Felix Hernandez um, at this point in his career. Let's see. Um, Dean is is asking questions now. Um, <laughs> he needs all the help he can get. We might as well help him out here, Stevie. Yeah, more girth, Vogelbach or Aguilar? Ooh, more girth. It's probably Vogelbach. <laughs> um, all right, back to the questions. Yandy Diaz or McMahon, DK Cash? I'm going to give the edge to McMahon again. I'm going to go to the game in Coors. So I think Diaz is probably in a better situation if they're both in the same ballpark. Yes, yeah, especially with that bullpen coming in for Baltimore. But uh, McMahon's a good hitter, had a hot spring, and splits in his flavor. He's in Coors. I'm going to give the edge to McMahon, even though I think in, in the GPP, you could certainly pivot away. I'm going to go Diaz. We we can agree to disagree on this one. I, I like Yande Diaz a lot tonight. Um, odds of Woods giving us 10 points tonight? Man. Um, slim? I mean, you hope he gets there, but I would say I would say it's slim. I'd say 25% chance. Yeah, like if I'm if I'm taking Hunter Wood, I'm taking like Kyle Freeland before I take Wood. I I'll take a guy in cores before I'm doing Hunter Wood tonight. And that could obviously be the wrong thing. But, like, I would rather take a shot on, like, Yarbrough getting the relief start yeah. instead of, like, a Hunter Wood. Because um, even I, if he throws one, like, one inning with three strikeouts, like, and it has a, a stellar one inning, like, he's still not going to probably be enough. Um, Any starting pitcher to lock on Fandle? I mean, I'm perfectly fine locking in Domingo Herman. I think that he is the best pitcher on Fanduel. I think he's got safety in terms of, you know, the wind should be there for him. Um, I think the strikeout ability is certainly there as good as anybody on the slate. The worry is the quality start, right? He's not necessarily going to pitch deep here. But, you know, in terms of the rest of the arms that are there, I think he's got the most upside. He could go five and a third and strike out seven batters today. And I'll take that at that price point. Um, yeah, so I guess that's the only guy I would really lock in on on Fandle. I will say Tanner Roark's pretty safe for his price 
on fantasy draft and, and draft games. Am I in love? No, but I think it's your safest path to a quality start. And for that price point on an ugly pitching slate, I like that as a lock as well. A lot of questions about the Yankees on FanDuel. Um, we kind of skipped over them because we've been talking so much about DraftKings and Fantasy Draft, but I'm sure you're with me. They're they're a really interesting stack. You know, Homer Bailey has been looking a lot better, but, you know, that game's in Yankee Stadium. There's a lot of upside in that game. Uh, just give me your quick thoughts on the Yankees before we get out of here. Yeah, I like them. Obviously, the, the power of Bolt and Judge are the two plays you want to go with. The other strike out a ton. And again, I mentioned I don't mind Bailey on the flip side of load up and bats. But Voight and Judge are the two guys I like. Gardner's fine. He's swinging a hot bat. He certainly has multiple hit, multiple run upside. And as you mentioned, Mark, Mike Ford's got some power, and he's fairly cheap there too. But uh, I'd probably go to Torres if I could afford to and just take that top four. But from just picking two bats out, Judge and Voight both have multi-homer upside. All right, that's going to wrap it up, Pepsi. Um, you know, last 10 minutes were the easiest part of the show. Um, got some good questions. No Dean. Um, we do have crunch time coming up next with Cheese, Roth, and JSU. Um, what an awesome crunch time that would be. Roth kind of doing the weather situation. Cheese, you know, is the GOAT. And JSU, one of the best tournament minds in the industry. He is Pepsi7. I am Stevie. Dean is somewhere. Who cares where? Um, crunch time up next. Thanks, guys, for watching. Oh.